0: Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard talk about what to do when it seems like nothing is working for your teen. Let's hear what they have to say.
1: Mark, what do we do as parents when nothing
2: works? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> buy more of my books. <laughs> you know? I mean, people people, people will read the books and they go, hey, I read the book. Nothing's working. And I go, okay, let's get on the phone and talk a little bit. Let's apply it a little bit. I mean, and it's a perfect opportunity to go, oh, well, then you need to buy another book and another one, another one. I'm going, no, don't do that. No. You know, I, I think there's a part of it that the frustration that most parents have is, is when What I am doing that is so well-intended, it's just not being effective. Mm -hmm. And so I try something different and I go, wait a minute. That's not working either.
1: It worked with Junior, but it's not working with Missy. What's what's wrong? Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it's different between guys and girls, but it's different between kids and their personality types. What's effective for one is not going to be effective for the other. And so you've got to be somewhat fluid and adjust to the needs of your child. Now, moms, dads, scripture says, don't grow weary in doing good, (laughs) for in due time you will reap if you surely sow. Let me call into question this What are you sowing? you may be wanting tomatoes and you're sowing cucumber seeds
1: <laughs> <That'd> you <work. laughs>
2: you may be wanting corn and you're not putting out corn seed yeah. i mean you've got to look and say what am I putting out there? Because if I'm not seeing something, it may not be that there's something wrong with tomatoes or there's something wrong with corn. It's just that it's not the right fruit that you want to see mm-hmm. that would say, hey, it's working now.
1: Let's answer some of those commonly asked questions when parents say, nothing's working here. What do I yeah, do?
2: Yeah, I can't get my child to respond to me. They they won't listen to me. They don't want to spend time with they me. They won't talk to me. Yeah, I, I, I do the consequence thing, Mark, that you talk about all the time, but all that's left in their room is a mattress. We've taken everything away. We've painted the windows dark. We've turned off the electricity and they don't have any hot water and they're still belligerent, over controlling, you know, just manipulative kids. And I go, you know what? Given time... Kids will respond to things, and if it gets to the point where you have exhausted all of your resources and and everything that you know and you've done everything, and I mean, and it's not working, that's where a heartlight where kids come and they spend time because nothing else is working.
1: Heartlight is our residential counseling program for teenagers. Right,
2: it is, and that's the last thing that you want to do. You don't want to send a child to heartlight before they need it. So that's where we can give some direction. Try a number of things first, and here's some of the things we're going to be talking about.
1: All right, what if they won't talk to me? What if I just get a grunt whenever I try to communicate with them? Yeah, you know, I
2: mean, which I think is, is a great question because if they're not, then you've got to try a different language. You're, you're speaking something different. And, and I would, you know, there, there's a thing here that I think is important. You know, scripture says before you look at the speck in somebody else's eye, look at the log in your own. And I know this, I can only change one person in this world. Me. And that's me, absolutely. <laughs> and so I, this, this is one of those things where I go, Lord, search me, know my heart and see if there's any hurtful way in me. Then the reason I'm asking is because I don't see it. It may be a blind spot. You go, well, I don't see it. Well, why do you think they call it a blind spot? Because you don't see it. It. And so you're saying, Lord, show me. Okay. Are you nagging all the time? Are you complaining? Are you ridiculing? Are you being sarcastic? Are you putting your child down? Are you shaming them? Are you guilting them? Are you pushing them to a point where they don't even want to engage because the minute they open their mouth? what they're going to get is more of the same and they're tired of it. I mean, you have to realize that kids are in survival mode. They're trying to keep on top of the water when they feel like this world is pulling them down. Mm. And so if I open my mouth one more time, I don't need one more thing to push me over the edge. Mm. So I have to look at the way that I engage with my child. You know what? This is where your spouse is probably true in their comments they make about the way that you engage. And somebody goes, no, wait a minute. <laughs>
1: you don't know that guy. Yeah, you,
2: know, you know, my wife tells me things that I don't like to hear. I mean, she just corrects me, and 95% of the time, she's right. And the other 5% of the time, she's even more right. You know, and so so look at each other and say, what is it about the way that you engage with our child that's offending them? Mm -hmm. Moms, perhaps you're talking too much. Perhaps you're sharing your opinion too much. Dads, perhaps you're being silent too much. Somewhere in between that, it's different than where you are, and it's gotta be something that is engaging with the child. So so you you reflect upon your own style first off and say, can I change that that would engage my child? And, and the second thing that we mentioned earlier, I always ask questions. I am hmm. one that always is going to sit down and ask questions. And I don't share my opinion until somebody asks my opinion. And so that creates the atmosphere that a child is looking and longing for something. Good idea. I think sometimes we try to do so much for our kids, we answer everything that we never give them a sense to wonder about anything else, or they feel like if they answer us, I'm going to use it to ridicule them, tell them where they're wrong, how they're violating Scripture, how they're violating God, how they're violating an upbringing. And so a no wonder they clam up. Huh? Absolutely. A child eventually goes, you know what? I'm not talking mm-hmm. anymore. I'm done.
1: We also hear from parents who say, I'm completely exhausted. (laughs) You know, the problems with my teen, these are taking all my time and and energy, and I have nothing left for my other kids. Oh, I
2: know. You you ought to see the parents when they come to Heartlight and drop off their kid. They are worn out. They look Mm -hmm. awful. They look Mm -hmm. terrible because they have expended every ounce of energy. And and then after a couple of months, they're going, (gasps) Uh, we feel refreshed. Having a child that is struggling or one that's going through a difficult time will wear you out. I mean, and so you've got to manage that somewhat and say, you know, perhaps I'm only going to deal with those issues every other day. You can't correct your child every day. You can't constantly be on them. You can't point out everything that is wrong. You can't be so involved that it is consuming all of your time every day every week all year long it will wear you out and so pick those times you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Find some times of refreshment. Well, I and, and parents say all the time, I can't get away from home. Let me tell you something, you better get away from home. You better take a break. Well, I feel like my child's going to burn my house down and I'm exaggerating. I go, "You know what? You're going to have to trust God in those things. You need to take a break and build some time that you can get some rest because if not, in your fatigue, you will become more emotional. You'll be you'll have an overstimulated response to a child doing something wrong and you will come across in a in a worse way than you really intended you need some rest
1: all right when nothing is working uh, sometimes the family issues seem overwhelming and parents need to get perspective and, and ask, what are the warning signs that my
2: teen is really going off the deep end here? Yeah, you know, I, I think one of those first warning signs is that I feel overwhelmed. I feel worn out. I'm beat. Something's I can't... Out,
1: of, out of whack here. It, it
2: is. And, and I think we become very used to it. Be... You know, because we're exposed to it. I mean, parents come to me and say, Well, my child is is you know, is 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 out of control, but it's really not that bad. I mean, they stole some things, they're smoking dope, they came home but drunk all the teenagers other night. Get in yeah. trouble, so. And and I think because they've been on this path that they've gotten used to, I, I say, wait a minute, stop for just a minute. Let's back up. Do you realize what you're saying? You know, And they just don't realize the the problems that it's being caused. Your child's not getting out of bed. They dropped out of school. It's a very dark situation. They have a whole new set of friends. They're giving up those things that they once believed in. Now they hate. They they like things they always hated. They hate things they always liked. Those are signs that something else is going on. And you can dance around it and keep active and, and run 100 miles an hour in 100 different ways to avoid it. But the reality is your child is spinning out of control and you've got to address those issues.
1: On the other end of the spectrum, maybe they're overreacting.
2: They could be. They could be. You know, and, and this culture for teens is a time that that it is a lot of overreacting. Now, now let me say this about tattoos. I, I mean, because I want to bring this up because I think... We overreact to tattoos. I know the scripture about defiling the body and your and your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, your child's not thinking that when they want tattoos. Tattoos right now, like piercings and other mm-hmm. things, are fads. I mean, and so they're wanting those things because they want to belong. It's not an issue of they want to be rebellious. And so sometimes parents overreact that it is being rebellious. And I go, I don't think it is most of the time. Now, it is some of the time. I think it's an attempt of a child to want to belong. Now, I bring that up because if we're overreacting on one side and pushing a child away They're going to go get that tattoo to rebel against us, and I don't want to cause more rebellion. I want to deal with the issue at hand. And if those piercings and that tattoo is something that's important to them, I want to keep that dialogue open so we can talk it through. Now, do I want kids to get tattoos? You know what? I go... I mean, are you still playing with the same toy you had 10 years ago? (laughs) That's what I ask kids. And kids go, what toy? And I go, exactly. Uh You forget about it. And so it's your choice when you're an adult. You can do what you want to do, but you have to look and go, is that really what I want? Well, I want to have that engaging discussion. And sometimes if I overreact, as you mentioned, I push my child away. And so they're going to get input from somebody else.
0: Over the years, Mark Gregston's one-liners and devotional insights have been a source of encouragement, amusement, and inspiration for people all over the world. Now, the very best of these quotations have been collected into not one, not two, but three beautifully designed coffee table books that can be given as gifts, placed in a doctor's office, or placed in your own living room. Whether you're looking for wit, wisdom, encouragement, or even a challenge to dig deeper into the vital role of parents, all three volumes of Stepping Stones will deliver. Each beautifully bound hardback of Stepping Stones is $7.99, or you can get all three for $19.99. Visit ParentingTeenResources.org to get all three volumes of Stepping Stones today.
2: Okay. You've got a, a, a man that you're listening to right now that has had 2,500 kids live with them, and those kids are no different than your kids. And he's telling you one of the things that you might need to do is to get involved with a small group to find the answers. Hmm. I go, do you think he might know what uh, he's talking I about? I think so, yeah. You know? And so, so I look at that and say, I would push you and encourage you to do that so that you can find out why things are not working in your home. Review everything. Look everywhere and say, what is it that's going wrong? Find other resources that think differently than you do. Because I would ask you the question, is it working for you? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then try something different. Maybe
1: there's some family members that can give you some feedback. Maybe a, a brother or sister who comes into your home and observes some things, maybe they see some things that you don't.
2: Absolutely. Go to the youth minister where your child has been involved and now doesn't want to be involved perhaps and say, what is it about us that is causing our child to walk away. Why is our child failing in this thing? Go to teachers, go to a principal, go to uh, the next door neighbor, go to those people around you that you are in community with.
1: I like the idea of taking inventory. Uh, we can also take inventory of that which is working right, and right. make sure we're doing more of that.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, keep keep doing that. Not everything you're doing is wrong, but you know, it just takes one drop of something negative to spoil all the positive. And so, so the focus has got to be, how do I get rid of that negative side that that my child may be holding on to. They may not be hearing what we're saying because of one thing we said a year ago. Or somewhere there needs to be forgiveness or somewhere there needs to be encouragement or somewhere there needs to be something that that puts to bed or lays to rest those things that have caused problems within our family. So as I look at those things and pray, Lord, search me, know my heart, and see if there's any hurtful way in me. And I don't want to lean on my own understanding, so help me get another understanding. I think that's how he begins to increase and we decrease because we're leaning more on what he would desire. And and I think Jesus, as I read him in scripture, is one of those guys that, that met with people across the board. He hung out with everybody and related. It's because he adjusted his message to fit the needs of the people. Mm-hmm. Now, his message didn't change, but he adjusted it to fit, that's what we've got to do as parents. Perhaps the old way doesn't work. There is a new way.
1: You're absolutely right that how can we expect things to change when we're doing everything the same old way all the time?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think we take the good that's effective and we learn new ways and we keep walking that path knowing that if we continue to do good, that good things will come. Even though it looks in turmoil, do what you know is right and change some things to make it better, and stick with the plan, and you'll see that you'll come to a point where you will say one day, I love it when a plan comes together.
0: Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit ParentingTodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight,